0: One of the most common writing techniques that you might have heard is show. Don't tell the idea is that you let the readers experience the story through emotions, thoughts, and tropes, rather than giving them an information dump of facts and descriptions. When we talk about design prototyping is very much similar to this writing technique. In fact, it goes a step ahead from just showing and lets you experience the product as a designer prototyping is an integral part of a design process and we will be talking about it a lot today. We will be taking up things like dimensions of prototyping and factors that determine your prototyping method. We'll talk about tools and methods for prototyping apps, websites, hardware, voice, and even augmented reality. We'll also focus on things like parallel prototyping and experience prototyping. So without further ado, let's dive in. I have been designing products for close to nine years now and prototyping has always been my best tool in communicating design. The whole idea is that you show something, get feedback and iterate on it until you are convinced about the design based on research, feedback, and intuition. When I was freelancing, I always made sure to explain design decisions to clients with a working prototype, which were mostly created using plain HTML and CSS. Back in 2008, we didn't have any sophisticated prototyping tools or even a UI framework. I used to take an exported image from a PSD and create image maps in HTML4 to link pages for showing product flow. This is much like what we do easily today with InVision, except that image maps were frustrating and used to take much more time. Over the years, I have used several prototyping tools and the whole process is much more evolved and efficient now. So whenever we think about prototyping, we always talk about fidelity. You can either make low fidelity, mid fidelity, or high fidelity prototypes. If you ask me, fidelity depends on your audience and goals. If you're presenting to fellow designers, perhaps a low fidelity prototype can be used to get quick feedback on app flow and high level concepts. For stakeholder or clients, you will need a high fidelity prototype with visuals and interactions to convey the design more effectively. Your design goals also matter here. If you are in exploration or assumption mode, you can quickly explore different ideas with paper prototypes or simple clickable prototypes that don't take much time to create and iterate. However, if your goal is presenting your ideas to a bigger audience, you will need a high fidelity prototype. The core idea is that a prototype should get rid of any misinterpretations and bring clarity with product flow and interactions. Your prototype can be of any fidelity, given that your audience understands it and your goals are met. Speaking of fidelity, let's begin with paper prototypes. I think paper prototyping is something that has stood the test of time and I still actively use it in meetings with fellow designers. It's simple, fast and works like a charm to convey ideas. Now there are a couple of things that you can do in paper prototyping. To begin with, you can simply sketch the designs on a relatively large sheet of paper and stick it on the wall for a quick feedback session with your fellow designers. You can also use multicolored post-it notes to show different sections of the app. Now there are some other things that you can do if you're feeling creative and also want to have some fun. Like use a double-sided tape to elevate certain components like models or pop-up windows. You can also fold and unfold the paper to show scrolling. Or for drop downs, you can make a slit and slide down another piece of paper from the backside or you can cut two slits in a piece of paper and use a strip of paper for the slider. And if you don't want to do all this work, you can also use tools like Pop to transform your sketches into an interactive iPhone or Android prototype. Well, the core idea of paper prototyping is to focus on high level concepts and not on specific features or micro interactions. It's a quick and easy way to share our ideas with the team. Moving ahead from paper prototypes, we have simple clickable prototypes that you can create to show the app flow. For example, you can also link your screens in the sketch app itself. You can also use Keynote. In fact, Apple has some interesting WWDC videos showing how Keynote can be used easily and effectively to quickly test out your ideas. Now there are many sophisticated tools available for high fidelity prototyping. Envision really works well for this purpose. You export your wireframes or visual designs to envision and create hotspots to link your screens. Other than just linking screens, you can also perform some more things like scrolling, gesture, hover and other basic interactions. I think it's one of the fastest ways to present your design to stakeholders. You can also try other products like Marvel or UX pin that give you more or less the same functionality and control over your prototypes. However, My personal favorite is Framer when it comes to making high fidelity prototypes with micro interactions, animations, and data. Framer has evolved a lot as a tool over the past few years. You can even make designs within Framer without coding. That said, its power still lies with coded interactions. You have a lot of control over your design as you can precisely show interactions with details and subtle animations. You will never have to sit with your developer to tell him how a particular interaction should work in the design. And that's the whole purpose of prototyping, right? Show, don't tell. As I mentioned earlier, you can use any tool depending on your audience and goals. When you are creating a prototype, consider how much functionality you want to show, how detailed its feature should be, how much interactivity you want to display. And if you'll be using real data from an let's say API or some mock data, taking all these factors into consideration, you can decide the correct tool for prototyping. Okay. So let's talk about presenting and testing your prototypes. There are a couple of ways to do it. One of them is parallel prototyping. In this method, you create multiple designs for the same product and test it out simultaneously with users before selecting a particular design approach. Ideally different designers should be working on designs so that there is enough variation in breadth in the approach. Note that the idea is not to select the best design, but to understand how users react to different elements of design. You can then take this feedback to create a more refined and optimal design. Another method is experience prototyping. Now, by definition, prototyping is about experiencing. But in this method, we take things a notch higher by letting the users experience the product in various scenarios and conditions rather than testing it out in a usability lab. You can test the prototype in user's environment or you can test it under a specific condition. For example, if you are working on a food delivery app, You can actually ask the user to place an order with your prototype. In the background, you can place the order for real without letting the user know about it. This way, you can at least test how the users will engage with the prototype in real world situation. The idea is active participation in design through engagement with the prototype. When it comes to presenting your prototype, ensure to create a script for showing the flow of the product. This way, you can communicate ideas in a much better way as against a random presentation of your design. If you're presenting to a remote location, you can also create a video of the prototype with a voiceover. Okay, now that we have covered quite a few things in digital space, let's move on to hardware and industrial prototyping. And let's start with IoT products. The basic setup of any IoT product includes a microcontroller, some electronic components, ability to connect through Bluetooth and Wi-Fi, and a dedicated server to relay information between hardware and software. When it comes to electronics, I think the best way to start prototyping is with fritzing. You can use it to learn about electronic components, create schematics and even design your own PCBs and get them fabricated. Once you have created your circuit, you can create a schematic in Fritzing and Breadboard View with virtual electronic components. You can create PCB of a schematic and either get them fabricated or share them with the Fritzing community. Speaking of microcontrollers for prototyping, you can always rely on Arduino. They have a range of boards with different microcontrollers and components to suit different needs. You can program them by using the Arduino software. I made a prototype of a smart kitchen device using Arduino UNO and some sensors. It was fast, easy and helped me in testing out the product quickly with users. In fact, the erstwhile smartwatch company Pebble also made its first prototype using Arduino. Raspberry Pi is another candidate but I still prefer Arduino because of its wide range and ease of use. You can also get various kits and function specific boards for your prototyping. Head over to SparkFun for components, boards, sensors and other development tools for your prototyping. Some companies also provide boards to test their microcontrollers. That might be helpful if you are seriously getting into a specific microcontroller and want to test it out more rigorously. If you want to go a step further, you can also do some rapid prototyping for the entire IoT device using 3D printing. I enjoy electronic prototyping a lot as it gives you the feel of really making a tangible product. Even if you are not into electronics, I would suggest giving it a shot, just for the fun of it. And if you think electronics is not your cup of tea, how about trying out voice UX? With Alexa, Siri and Google Home, the so-called voice experience has really made an entry in our lives. While I am not a big Siri user, except for setting alarms, I do use Alexa quite frequently for songs, reminders, news and even for some occasional shopping on Amazon. I do believe voice will play a bigger role in our daily experience as we improve in natural language processing and machine learning. So when it comes to prototyping, quite a few tools are available for voice UX. Say Spring by Adobe lets you create voice interfaces for Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant. You can also prototype and create Alexa skills using backendless and Losant. Losant has a visual workflow engine that lets you connect voice queries interactively without writing a piece of code. These are some pretty sophisticated voice prototyping and creation tools with not too steep learning curve. I think it's certainly worth giving a try to get your feet wet in voice UX. So now that we are talking about voice UX, how can we leave behind augmented reality, which is supposedly the next big thing in digital interaction. Many companies have started using AR in some form and Apple is certainly betting big on it. In fact, Apple is trying its best to promote more developers to work in AR through AR kit and tutorial videos. So I understand AI prototyping is a bit of a challenge due to its real world environment interaction. And that's where Apple comes to the rescue again with a very simple idea. Fake it till you make it. So Apple demoed an interesting approach for AR prototyping in WWDC 2018. With a camera app, a Sharpie and Post-it notes, they mimic the working of an AR app. I highly suggest watching this video. A link to it has been provided in show notes. There's another new tool called as YARFrame that can be used for AR prototyping. I've not tried it personally, but the makers claim that it lets you effortlessly prototype AR ideas in minutes without any coding skills. Let me know your feedback once you try it out. So, we have covered quite a few things today in prototyping. It is communication of ideas and should be done early and often to design better products. I'm sure we will see some more interesting tools in the near future, And perhaps things will get more automated to reduce our time and effort in prototyping. Irrespective of what the future holds for us, the idea remains the same. Show, don't tell. On that note, I would like to end this episode of Doors and Devices. Do subscribe and rate the podcast on your favorite tools. Send me your feedback on adit at findpointlives.com or on Twitter at aditgupta. I would love to know how I can make this podcast more enjoyable and helpful for everyone. I'll soon be back with the next episode. Till then, have fun designing!